Today is Wednesday, February 28th, 2018. It is the last day of February. It seems like this month went really fast, but I guess even though it's only like two days shorter than most months, it still seems like it went really fast and it's over. Um, Today I wanted to talk about Celebrity Big Brother. Um, On Twitter, Big Fatty sent me a message asking what I thought of the winner of Big Big Brother's Celebrity Big Brother. And I said, oh, you'll have to listen to my podcast tomorrow. So I am definitely going to want to talk about that. And actually, because I really, I don't think I've talked about it at all since it started. Uh, They had a lot of, no, maybe I did mention it at the beginning. They did have a lot of um, has-been celebrities on there, people who um, really don't have celebrity careers anymore. And interesting, um, some of the people, like I thought Ross Matthews um, actually had a career still. Like I thought he was still doing things. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't I don't know what he does. Um, I know Brandy Glanville was a real housewives lady and they had... Um, Keisha Knight pull them on there from the Cosby show and Marissa, I can't think of her last name. She won a Tony award for playing, um, the big girl in, um, oh, I can't think of the name of that movie now, but, um, anyway, so I watched the entire season of big brother and I said the entire season, it was only like three weeks long from start to finish. And I think they had like 10, was it 10 or 11 people on there and, just like regular Big Brother, they did the the same old things. Like um, they had uh, nomination. They had the head of household competition, and then the person who was head of household had to nominate two people to be evicted, and then those two people got to um, participate in the veto competition. And then if they won the veto, they could take themselves off the block, and the head of household had to put someone else up. And then they um, did the vote, and someone went home. And they did that. Um, Pretty regularly, actually. I think it was a little faster than the regular season. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they um, they were knocking people off that show, like left and right. And I was just glad to see that Almorosa left um, early enough that she wasn't anywhere near the end. Because I think there was like five people left when she was voted off. And I did not like Shannon Elizabeth, that lady who was... Her only known thing is from being on the movie American Pie, I think. Because I don't know who she is besides that. But um, I thought it was okay. I think they treated him a little too much uh, with kit gloves. Um, like, they they didn't make anybody go on slop. They, I mean, they did have slop one time, but I don't think the people actually had to eat it. They just had it out for like an example of what uh, the, the, a regular show would have to eat. So I don't think it was that big of a deal in, in terms of the slop. And the competitions weren't all... My chair is making noise. <clears throat> so I don't think they really treat them all that badly um, in terms of um, having to suffer things. I mean, I think James... Uh, what was his name? Maslow or something? James something? He was from Nickelodeon or something. And he, the kid is actually gorgeous. I think he's 27 He's absolutely gorgeous, but oh my God, his attitude, I can't stand his attitude. And I kind of agree with Branny, Branny, <laughs> Brandy Glanville, and he's a little bit of an annoying person. But um, anyway, uh, overall, I thought it was a good show. I thought it went too fast. Um, 
I thought they were all kind of desperate to be on that show for like the only chance to win was $250,000 when the normal season it was it's $500,000. So I thought those were some uh, a handful of desperate celebrities to make to get some money. Now back to um, Big Bat Big Bat. <laughs> I cannot talk today. I don't I should not be recording a podcast. But back to Big Fatty's question he asked what I thought of the um, ending of the show and, and who won and so forth. Well, um, it came down to Ross Matthews and Marissa, whatever her name is, the lady from who won the Tony Award for Hairspray. That's what it was for Hairspray. Um, the two of them. And I thought um, if, those, if the other people voted, because everyone who was kicked out of the house became part of the jury. Like there was, you know, there was no limit. They were, they were all on the jury. And I think they should have voted for the person who played the game the best. And I think that Ross Matthews played the game perfectly. Sorry for me popping my peas, but um, he did everything right. He won competitions. He made alliances with like everyone in the house, but different groups at different times. Um, like at the beginning, he was in a uh, an alliance with all the girls, and then he later was in an alliance with all the boys, and then he was in an alliance with um, two girls, and and I think he even had a, a little alliance with Mark, the guy from um, I can't think of the name of that band the guy was in. See, all these people they're just not notable, so I can't really remember them. But um, Mark from God, what the name is. I know everyone's screaming what the name of that band is. I'll figure it out after I record this. Anyway, back to the ending of it. Um, So it came down to Marissa and Ross. And as I was saying, I think the jury should have voted for the person who played the game the best, which, and I said, I think it was Ross. Now, it ended up that Marissa won the whole competition by like six to three or something like that. I just hit the desk by like six people to three. And I was disappointed with that because um, very towards the end, especially like the last week and a half, she was just kind of like laying low. She wasn't winning any competitions. She wasn't strategizing with anyone. Um, she was just in an alliance. Now, um, they before, she, before they won, they had to go through the, the last head of household. And I think it was Marissa who won. And... Um, she had to take, um, I can't remember who the other last person was. Maybe it was Ariadna. I don't even remember now. It was last week. It was Sunday when it ended. I guess I've forgotten it's in Sunday and today's Wednesday. Anyway, but she chose to take Ross with her to the final. I guess she figured that because Ross, you know, won all these competitions and played the game so well that they would pick her. Well, I think her strategy was right. They did pick her. Um, I don't agree with it because I think Ross should have won. So Big Fatty, if you're listening to this, um, I think Ross should have won because he played the game the best. I don't know how they chose Marissa. I mean, she, it's, like I said, she really didn't play the game all that great, all that well. And especially towards the end, it was like she was just kind of there. Anyway, so I was disappointed with that. But after they had announced that she was the winner and then they did the um, favorite fan contest or, or um, favorite, you know, the, the public got to vote who gets the $25 for the, f- the favorite um, 
celebrity or whatever. Well, luckily they chose Ross. So in the end, he walked away with $75,000 and Marissa got the $250,000. So Ross was not a loser in the end. And um, one thing I really did like was that Ross's husband, I think it's his husband, I don't know if they got married or not, or as his boyfriend came up and gave him a big kiss on stage. I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> good for Ross. Um, so there you go, big fan. That's what I thought of Celebrity Big, big Brother. And of course, you know, just thinking about the, the show um, in general, I don't think that they would ever be able to get big celebrities to be on that show. I mean, I, I guess the biggest celebrity or, or the... Uh, the coup, I guess, of all those celebrities was Omarosa getting her on there and listening to her talk about the Trump White House and how what a, what a wreck it is and and how much trouble they're in and all this kind of stuff. Like she did spill some stuff, but you know what? All those people in there became friends with Omarosa at one point or another. And I can tell you right now, I would never be a friend to Omarosa, not at all. No matter what her dealings are or were with the White House or Trump or whatever. I just, no way. She, I'm just totally disgusted by her. Anyway, so um, if they do this again, I think they will have a tough time getting, as I say, real celebrities on there. Because uh, only these, only like has-been celebrities are people who are desperate enough to need the money and will give up three weeks of their life to go to this, you know, go to the house and not talk to anybody or or, or anything from the outside world. So, um, yeah, that's what I think. I mean, I would watch it again, definitely. And, of course, when the summer version comes on, I'll definitely watch that. All right, moving on to a different topic now. Um, surely you know by now that Billy Graham um, died last week, I guess he died. Well, he is now, at this very moment as I speak, lying in state in the U.S. Capitol building. And this really upsets me because he's, one, a private citizen, two, hasn't had anything to do with the government in terms of public service, and he's a preacher of one religion, Christianity. And that bugs the hell out of me that we've got that Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell allowed this to happen. Actually, they're the two that... Um, suggested he lie in state in the Capitol in the first place. Um, I, I, I'm just upset because I think I, I see this as the government, especially two of the highest positions in Congress, endorsing one religion. And the Constitution clearly says that the United States would never endorse a single religion. But yet here they are endorsing it by having him lie in state. And that, I think, is a violation, is a, um, a a disappointment. It is inappropriate. There was an article in the Washington Post today that um, brought up that exact topic. And I, that's probably actually why I'm talking about it, because I saw the article in the Post. But the, um, the gist of the Post was just asking the question, is it inappropriate for him to be lying in state? Um, and what what is the precedent or what is the history of people lying in state. Well, they talk about that now. I can't find the damn article. Oh, that's always the case. Of course. Anyway, um, in the article, they talked about the the people who have who have um, who've lied, l- lain, <laughs> laid in state in the past. 
And it started in um, 1852 with Henry Clay, who was the Speaker of the House who died, and he um, laid in state in the Capitol building. And pretty much after that, all the way up until 2004, I think it was, it was 2005, it it was always people who um, were in government somehow, like presidents or Speaker of the House or... um, Things like people like that. So, you know, it was very appropriate for them. And then they had, um, there was a a shooting in the Capitol building, and two Capitol policemen were killed in the shooting, and they both laid in state. And I think that's still appropriate because they worked right there in the Capitol building and they gave their lives to save other people. So that was a, that's appropriate. Um, And then they had Rosa Parks. Uh, I think, I think she was in 2009. Or maybe she was in 2005 and they were in 2009. I'm not sure. But um, basically what I'm saying is all the people who have laid in state had something to do with government. Obviously, Rosa Parks was a private citizen, but she did so much to help change the government in terms of civil rights. Um, So that was a government thing, even though she never worked in government. As far as I know, she didn't. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that we should never have a religious person lying in state. They they never did anything uh, for the government. Now, of course, they called him the president's preacher because he, quote, unquote, counseled uh, presidents in the past. But that, that's not a like a, a paid position in the White House or in government. So I, I don't know. I just think it's inappropriate for him to be lying in state. Now, there's right on, on the front cover of the Washington Post website they are playing a video of um, dignitaries talking and I guess eulogizing um, Billy Graham Ugh, I just can't stand and the thing is he's he he was so against people he was and uh, that the, the Nixon tapes revealed that he was an anti-semite he was um, derogatory towards Jews and that he was well we already know he was very homophobic and he was um, he was the one who encouraged uh, Martin Luther King to not to not rile up the black people uh, in the civil rights battle. He said, "Don't get them riled up. You need to calm them down, and you know that kind of thing." So, I mean, he was flat out against large groups of people in this country. He's the last person I think who should be lying in state in our Capitol Rotunda. Anyway, again, probably enough about that. But do you, does anybody else have strong feelings about that? Because Maybe I'm on my own, but I just can't stand that. That's that's it's really driving me crazy, and this kind of leads into my next topic. Um, has anyone seen this new TV show on CBS called Living Biblic- Biblically? Biblically, yeah. It was uh, the guy who plays the main character was the father on that um, the gay show on, on ABC that was on for two seasons and then it died. I can't think of the name of that show about the kid who came out as gay and stuff. Um, anyway, he plays a guy who has whose life is a little bit of a mess. His wife is pregnant, and he's gets in trouble at work and stuff. And, and then he has an epiphany, and he decides that he's only going to live by the Bible. Whatever the Bible says is that's what he's going to do. Well, he goes to see this priest, and the priest tells him, "Well, you're already wrong right now because you're mixing fabrics." So then the next day, he wears like all cotton. Um, and it was an all white suit. <laughs> he looked funny, but, um, 
Then he goes through this thing where he, one of his coworkers is having an affair, has lots of affairs supposedly. And um, so he hears this gossip and the, and the guy says, you know, the guy who's having the affair keeps saying bro code, bro code, like don't tell my wife, even though they're both of their wives are good friends. Well, they're out to dinner one night. Well, actually he goes to see the priest and he tells him of this dilemma. And the priest says, well, you know what the Bible says that we stone adulterers. So um, he's like, well, I can't. In 2018, I can't stone somebody. So um, he doesn't know what to do. So he's, they go, he and his wife got to dinner because he, he's changed his life and he's a much better man and all this kind of stuff. And he's paying attention to his wife and stuff. And while they're at dinner, they run into this guy, his work friend who's having the affair and he's got his mistress with him. Well, he decides well, when, when the wife sees him, He's like, that is not, you know, his wife. Who is he with? And she gets up and goes over there next and starts to confront him. And then the guy comes over, um, the husband, comes, the other guy who's living biblically, biblically and um, says, you know, um, I, well, the, well, the guy who's having the affair says, um, hey, bro, you know, tell your wife that this is my colleague and, you know, she works with us, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, he kept his mouth closed. He couldn't. He, he could not lie and could not, um, you know, tell his wife that he knew about it. So as they're getting ready to leave, the guy who's living biblically has a rock in his hand and he throws it at the guy and hits him in the head. So he is stoning the guy who is being adult, an adulterer. So I think that the show is kind of funny, but the fact that they are basing a TV show on the Bible is driving me crazy because I don't like the Bible. I think it's a big bunch of stories um anyway i i just i don't like it i mean i'm probably going to watch it because it is it was funny but um yeah i don't like the fact that it's based on the bible anyway uh you know how i am with religion i can't stand religion i think it's a joke and all that um okay well to wrap this up because i don't want to go over again um i do have a voicemail from scotty the aussie battler the little Aussie Butler, and um, he's asking about the the shooting at the high school that was two weeks ago. Well, those kids went back to school today, by the way, and those kids are amazing. I'm, I'm backing them all the way with whatever. I'm like, follow the guy on Twitter and everything and um, cheer them on and stuff. And all the stuff against the NRA. I've been praising these companies that um, are you know, taking away their discounts for NRA members. Oh, I could keep going on about that, especially with the lieutenant governor from Georgia who said to Delta, if you don't, you know, put back in place your your discounts for NRA members, we're going to cut your um, tax benefits for having your hub here in Georgia. I'm like, you can't threaten businesses like that because Delta, if they were smart, they would up and move their um, hub to another state, a state more friendly to people like that. Oh, God, Betsy DeVos just walked out of that. Oh, God, there's Franklin Graham. I can't stand that asshole. Oh, I'm watching the video on Washington Post. Anyway, um, let's listen to this voicemail from Scotty, and then we'll talk, answer his questions. G'day, Archer. This is Scotty Aussie Butler here. And uh, just calling in regards to your little show I've just listened to. Guns and those poor kids getting blown away in that latest high school massacre in the US of A. Uh, the first point, did you notice that our great leader, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, is currently in the US of A, 
no doubt he received no media coverage, but um, he was asked whether he had told Donald Trump in meeting with him about Australia's gun laws and how since Australia brought in very tight gun laws there have been no more mass shootings since whenever that was, I don't know, 1980-something or the early 90s, I can't remember. Uh, but of course our gutless wonder of a Prime Minister, his response was, well no, America and Australia have different cultures. Yes, yeah, seriously, what sort of answer is that? So Americans love shooting and killing people? I'm going to stop it there and answer your question, the first part. Actually, Scotty, I'm going to kind of agree with your um, MP or um, uh, Martin Turnbull because we actually do have different cultures. There are parts of this country that um, that are not always shown on TV and are not always um, profiled in um, TV shows and stuff. And I'm talking about a segment of this country that are very uneducated who live in shacks who love their religion and their guns. And that is a completely different culture. I'm sure that Australia does not have these kinds of people. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I think that our culture is completely different. This country has, especially in the last 50 to 60 years has been um, molded to, to like your guns and to like your religion and, the there we have big segments of the population who do like that. So I mean, I, I do have to think that we do have a different culture here, unless you guys have the same kind of people in Australia. But um, another point that you made about um, Australia um, doing away with their guns and all that would that could not happen here because of our Second Amendment and the way that they interpret the Second Amendment. Excuse me. However, from 1994 to 2004, we had a ban on assault assault rifles, and you couldn't buy an AR-15 or or uh, you know any of those massive uh, people killing machines. And our um, mass shootings dropped big time. Like, I, mean, I I don't even I don't know the exact numbers, but in that in those ten years when we had the assault ban in place. Uh, mass shootings were pretty much non-existent. I mean, there were some here and there, but um, they would be using illegal guns. But I'm saying in terms of overall numbers of people who were killed in mass shootings, it really dropped big time. Um, so it is possible. We just need to ban assault rifles again. Now, I I know I'm already going over my 20 minutes, but I'm going to keep going because I want to hear the rest of Scotty's message. But Australians don't. So I chose not to bring that up because I don't want to tread on uh, Donald Trump's toes by saying uh, quite a simple solution. Um, Because you Americans have a different culture to Australia and blowing people away is part of that culture. Ugh. Anyway, so dumb. Uh, Number two, though, the question I think we were all waiting for you to address, but you didn't, is are you coming out of retirement? (laughs) Yes, I know, because now you will have the chance to pack a concealed weapon. How cool is that? Because Donald Trump's going to give teachers guns, concealed guns, so they can simply blow away the bad people. 
it sounds um, sounds pretty cool. Um, so I'm just interested to know, are you tempted to come out of retirement and go back and start packing some heat, uh, especially because you um, were a teacher of the little kids in the, I don't know, what, what do they call it? You know, the elementary, elementary grade school. one, two, three, that sort of, you know, the tiny kids, that age group. I mean, I know you don't really have gun training and you hate guns and it's probably a little bit dangerous. A little you, bit. Like most teachers to just start firing weapons into the air, but your students are tiny because they're little kids. So what are the chances of you accidentally hitting one of them while you're shooting a possible gunman? <laughs> Almost none. And I think President Trump has realized that and sees the benefits of the fact that most teachers will be just shooting over the heads of the students. So it's actually quite safe. <laughs> you're crazy. So, yeah, I think I think you'll probably be right if you go back and you and you have a, like a pistol or some sort of Glock maybe or something and <laughs> you just start taking down the bad guys. So, okay, well let us know if that's what you're on the cards for this year. Bye. Well, thank you, Scotty, for the phone call. I do appreciate it. But um, there is absolutely no way in hell that I'm coming out of retirement just so I can um, conceal a weapon and uh, shoot over the heads of little kids. That is, that's just crazy. I know you're, I know you're teasing and all that, but just the thought of it, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Nobody that I can think of, at least in my world, thinks that arming teachers is a good idea. It's ridiculous to think that that's a good idea. I, I would never have anything to do with a gun, period. I, I just, as you said, I can't stand them and I would not be confident at all holding a gun or, or, being, or give, being given that responsibility to take out a gunman or a gunwoman, but it's usually a man um, who's ki- you know, killing people. I just, I th- just think that's the, the idea is just absolutely ridiculous. So no, I'm not coming out of retirement and I'm not doing that. Um, so no. One last thing. I know I'm way over by like five minutes, but I just want to do one thing. On Sunday night, the Oscars will be announced. And of course, I'll be watching every minute of it. And I am hoping that the movie that this song was in uh, wins the Oscar. Let's see if you know this movie. Oops. Of course, I started right in the middle. <laughs> Listen, just I'm only and I know this is like copyright stuff, so I'm only going to play a couple seconds of it. Okay, that is um, the psychedelic furs, and the song is called "Love My Way," and that was in the movie "Call Me by Your Name." And I am really hoping that it wins a lot of Oscars on Sunday. I think it's nominated for four, um, especially for Timothy Chalamet. I hope he wins the. He won't because he's too young, and they've got old, other, you know, um, older guys who need an Oscar, or whatever. He won't win, but I, I would, I would be ecstatic if he won, and if the movie got the attention that I think it deserves. I noticed there were some people who were talking on Facebook and Twitter, and they didn't like the movie, but I loved the movie, and I. I hope it wins. So um, I'll be watching on Sunday and I'll probably try to record a podcast on Monday to tell you what I thought of all the Oscars. 
So um, this is a real long one. This is like almost 30 minutes long, 27 something. I don't know. But in any case, um, I, you know, talked about all the things I wanted to talk about. So um, I hope you all have a great day and um, I hope you watch the Oscars too. And until next time, bye. (laughs) 